0: Welcome to another edition of About Mansfield. I'm Steve Casillo with Colleen Daniel, who is perfecting her social distancing skills by broadcasting from home. We thank you for being here. This is special coverage of COVID-19 and how coronavirus is affecting the lives of those who live in Mansfield. Coming up on this episode, news and local weather for the upcoming week.
1: And as always, we will conclude this episode with the trivia question of the week for a $25 gift card to Mary Lou's coffee and sandwich shop.
0: Let's take a look at this week's headlines.
1: Coronavirus case numbers continue to rise in Tarrant County. Local golfers create a change in policy. Feed the Frontline Friday campaign kicks off in Mansfield.
0: The city of Mansfield asks for your cooperation in filling out the 2020 census.
1: Air. BNB steps up to help those working on the front lines.
0: Alexa is here with the weather. We also have an in-studio interview with City Council candidate Philip DeGroat. We are Mansfield's only source for news, talk, and information. This is about Mansfield.
2: Hi, this is John with Pool Aid your local pool care specialist. The CDC has determined that pool maintenance services are an essential business due to the added threat of bacteria, algae, mold, and funguses that is a byproduct of the lack of cleaning in a chemical imbalance. Allow us to be an essential part of your pool. If you have any questions or concerns or need a certified professional to help keep your pool safe and clean, visit us on the internet at poolaid.net. That's PoolAid.net. We're here for you.
3: COVID-19, better known as coronavirus, has spread throughout the world. There are a few ways to help lower the spread of this respiratory disease. Wash your hands. Avoid touching your face, including mouth, nose, and eyes. Cover your coughs and sneezes. Monitor your symptoms and consult with your doctor. Stay at home and away from other sick people, except for medical care. Clean and disinfect high-touch surfaces. For more information, please visit cdc.gov forward
1: slash COVID-19.
0: Welcome back to About Mansfield.
1: The number of confirmed coronavirus cases in Tarrant County continues to rise. The county website reports as of this recording that there are 876 positive cases. Mansfield has 37 confirmed cases, ranking us as the 5th highest city behind Euless, Grand Prairie, Arlington, and Fort Worth. The community spread level is set at substantial, meaning all individuals should limit community movement and adapt to disruptions in routine activities such as school and or work closures according to guidance from local officials.
0: Breaking down the virus in the county by numbers, over half of the positive cases were contracted in the community while 33 percent were reportedly traveling men have eight percent more confirmed cases than women while the majority age group of both genders is between 25 and 64 years old caucasians make up 41 percent of the cases while african americans and hispanics evenly split 42 percent nearly 90 percent of those who have died from covid 19 were over 45 years old predominantly caucasian male
1: here's what you should know if you get sick Stay at home until your fever has been gone for at least 24 hours unless you experience significant symptoms. If possible, limit your contact with others in your household, including the number of people who provide care for you. If you have persistent fever, high fever, and or have underlying medical conditions, contact your medical care provider. If you have symptoms of coronavirus, contact your medical provider before seeking care. If you don't notify them before arriving at a clinic or hospital, immediately grab a mask and let the intake staff know your concern so that you don't potentially expose others while waiting to be seen.
0: The Mansfield City Council debated over an hour Monday night on whether golf is an essential exercise such as walking, jogging or bicycling, resulting in a couple of addendums to the mayor's emergency order. Council came to an agreement that both Walnut Creek Country Club and Mansfield National Courses can remain open for business as long as golfers adhere to six-foot social distancing and only one rider per golf cart. Councilman Casey Lewis inquired about household family members riding together.
4: I have an 11-year-old son who can't drive his own cart. If I want to take him to play golf,
2: does he have to walk the whole course? should under that or uh, I mean, that's what that's I mean I'll be I, glad to let you know chief come down here but I mean what are you gonna like does your son have a you know it's like okay well, let me see your idea oh you're 11 years but you don't have an idea I mean so are you really a household member of Casey Lewis I mean that's, yeah. that's that's why it just takes it completely completely out of there I mean if you just got one golf one guy on the cart then you know but my personal opinion is yeah 11 year old should be walking the golf course that's, that's <laughs> my personal opinion <laughs> Mr. Moore okay.
4: I've had several people contact me, about two per cart, saying my wife and I play golf. The problem is, is that if two people are together, you don't know if they're wife and husband or not. So this is a compromise, okay? They lost golf for a day, and it scared the bejeebers out of them, okay? And and some of them went out of town to play golf, and I know that because they called me. But it's a compromise. And I think to make it enforceable by our police, it should be one per cart, no negotiations, If it's an 11-year-old son, I agree, he needs to walk, okay? We just have to have some kind of accommodation that makes this workable.
0: About Mansfield spoke with local golfer Fred Kloss, starting with the issue of whether golf courses should stay open or not, which started at the governor's desk.
5: Originally it did, but then he retracted that. They later clarified it, as I understand to close the golf courses
0: in the state parks. And so as that trickled down from the state down to the county and then eventually to the city, it, it included yes. uh, Mansfield National and Walnut Creek.
5: I believe a week ago, Monday or Tuesday, he put out written orders They were discussed with uh, 1,100 various cities in Texas. And someone asked this specific question, you're closing all non-essential activities. Does that include golf? And he said, golf is a non-essential activity. And they took that as closing all golf courses in Texas. They later verbally retracted that and said state parks. Mansfield's one of those cities that just jumped the gun, I guess.
0: And that fired up a few Walnut Creek members, didn't it? Yes, it did. How many emails do you think the uh, the council got before last night? I have
5: no idea. I started an email to uh, David Cook, the mayor of Mansfield, and copied all of my buddies, probably about 50 of them, and they copied all their buddies. So they may have gotten a couple thousand emails. This is politicians run amok trying to appease people who call up and say, those people aren't practicing social distancing. And they were inundated with phone calls from Betsy Busybodies all over the golf course, taking pictures. There are still women out there who take pictures of every group, send them into the mayor. I understand they're frustrated having to put up with these phone calls and such, but this needs to stop immediately.
0: What's your feeling on drivers stopping on Country Club Drive to confront golfers that they're standing too close together.
5: If you're from 30 yards away and you see a group of people, you can't tell how far apart they are from a depth perspective. If you take a photograph, you won't be able to demonstrate how far apart they are depth-wise either. Good luck telling social distancing while driving 10 miles an hour on a bicycle, much less driving 30 to 40 miles an hour in a car. You know, I'm going to hold up traffic to enforce a regulation that is, at best, nonsensical.
1: The Mansfield Area Chamber of Commerce has partnered with the City of Mansfield to launch a GoFundMe campaign in support of Feed the Frontline Friday. The goal for the campaign is to raise the required funding to feed Mansfield frontline workers a nutritious lunch for as long as this crisis lasts. About Mansfield spoke with Chamber President and CEO Lori Williams last Friday about who the drive benefits
6: it's benefiting our first responders our health care professionals that are on the front line at methodist mansfield and then our police department and our fire department it's going very well we're about halfway to our goal so we're doing it every friday we're picking uh, one of our chamber members that is in a restaurant that has a capability to feed 450 people so we've got uh, first and second shift at the hospital that we're feeding, and then we're delivering X number of meals for the fire and uh, police department, and then they distribute uh, those meals for the guys that are on shift.
0: You mentioned that you've almost reached your goal. What is your goal?
6: Our goal is, at this point, $25,000. we have estimated the uh, the cost to do this one day on Fridays with the amount of people that are working, it's $3,700. And so we're kind of estimating out how many weeks we may have to do this. We're not sure, but that's, that's our first goal. Hopefully things will be under control and, and we'll be beyond this. If not, then we'll pick it back up and continue again.
0: Who have been some of the participating restaurants?
6: We reached out to everybody. And then the way that we're doing it is those that said, yes, I want to be a part of it. I found an, actually an online uh, service that does this random uh, name picker. So we put those names in the hopper. But we've got Mary Lou's, who is actually doing it today. We have Cadoba, We've got McAllister's, El Primo's, Soulman's la gondola we've got about eight or nine that we've set up and so then like mary Lou's is doing it today so so once they do their delivery then they're taken out of the equation and then we go down the list we're just randomly picking to make sure that they get an opportunity because it does benefit them as well our local restaurants have been hit very hard by all of this and so this gives them a shot in the arm if they get it that week
0: So your goal is to reach $25,000. How can the Mansfield community contribute to this GoFundMe project?
6: Basically, they go to the GoFundMe page. It is a cooperation between the Mansfield Chamber and the city of Mansfield. And we both have the links on our website, so you can go to our website, to get the link on GoFundMe. And you just click on the link and make your donation. And then each Friday what I'm doing is I will post an update so that you know what's been done and who did it. We're, we're uh, posting just a couple pictures just so that you can see that and then giving you an update and telling you where we are and what's going to happen next week. So those updates are posted once a week as well. I think it's real important that we stand behind these people. You know, they're the ones that are going to work every day. They are exposed on a daily basis. Yes, it's their chosen profession. However, to me, it's it's the right thing to do to stand behind these folks and let them know that uh, we appreciate and, and we thank them. So it's it's the least that we can do. It's not a big thing, but it's the least that we can do to show our gratitude.
0: Participating restaurants include Big D Barbecue, Fish City Grill, Jason's Deli, Mary Lou's, McAllister's Deli, Cadoba, Raising Cane's, and Solman's Barbecue. You can contribute to the GoFundMe Feed the Frontline Friday campaign by going to our website, aboutmansfield.com, and click on links.
1: Airbnb has mobilized in the wake of disasters, such as the Australian fires or Hurricane Maria in Puerto Rico. Now, through its hosting network, the short-term housing rental company has met a new goal. Airbnb is able to offer 100,000 lodgings around the world World, to healthcare professionals flying into hard-hit cities for those who want to be near a hospital where they're practicing. The New York Times reports that participating Airbnb locations will be made available free or at a discounted rate. If you have an unoccupied living space, check with Airbnb about offering it to a frontline responder.
0: The city of Mansfield reports that just 56 percent of households have responded to the 2020 census. That's good news, but that also means that 44% have yet to reply. The results of this once-in-a-decade count determine the number of seats each state has in the House of Representatives. They are also used to draw congressional and state legislative districts. Over the next decade, lawmakers, business owners, and many others will use the 2020 census data to make critical decisions. The results will show where communities need new schools, new clinics, new roads, and more services for families, older adults, and children. Mansfield needs you to be counted. There are 10 easy questions that shouldn't take more than five minutes of your time. There are three different ways to respond to the 2020 census request. Online at my2020census.gov. By phone, toll-free at 844-330-2020, or by mail, simply complete the form received at your address. If you missed any of this information, log on to our website, aboutmansfield.com, and click on links. A reminder as April 15th has come and gone that the Internal Revenue Service has announced that the federal income tax filing due date is automatically extended from April 15th to July 15th, 2020. Taxpayers can also defer federal income tax payments due on April 15th to July 15th without penalties and interest regardless of the amount owed. This deferment applies to all taxpayers including individuals, trusts and estates, corporations and other non-corporate tax filers as well as those who pay self-employment tax. The IRS urges taxpayers who are due a refund to file as soon as possible. Most tax refunds are still being issued within 21 days. Let's check the weather forecast for the upcoming week with Alexa.
3: Here's the weather in Mansfield for the next seven days. Wednesday, 65 degrees Fahrenheit and lots of sun. Thursday, 75 degrees and mostly sunny weather. Friday, 70 degrees and thunderstorms. Saturday, 70 degrees and thunderstorms. Sunday, 75 degrees and lots of clouds. Monday, 81 degrees and lots of sun. Tuesday, 81 degrees and intermittent clouds.
0: But to look at news and weather. If you have a news tip that you would like us to follow up on, please send us an email at news at aboutmansfield.com. Again, that is news at aboutmansfield.com.
1: I'd like to remind you to follow this podcast so you'll be notified when a new episode is released. The easiest way is to log on to our website at aboutmansfield.com and enter your email address under the Follow Podcast by Email heading on the homepage. About Mansfield can also be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, iHeart Podcasts, and many more platforms. Prior
0: to the coronavirus outbreak, the city was prepared for a May 2nd election for three city council seats and the mayor's place. After the break, an in-studio interview with city council candidate Philip DeGroat, with whom we spoke in early March. You will notice that the interview refers to the May election, which has since been postponed. Stay with us. I'm Steve Casillo with Colleen Daniel, and this is About Mansfield.
2: Hi, I'm Carmen McMillan, Executive Director of Mansfield Mission Center, inviting you to make our thrift store your one-stop for shopping, donating, and volunteering. When neighbors buy your donations, the proceeds help other Mansfield neighbors in need with free services including financial assistance, employment help, food, medical, dental, and vision care. Voted Best Thrift Store in 2019 by Living Magazine, the Mansfield Mission Center Thrift Store is located at Broad and Walnut Creek. For more details, visit our website at Mansfield. MansfieldMission.org. That's MansfieldMission.org.
0: Welcome back to another segment of About Mansfield. I'm Steve Casillo, and in the studio today, we are continuing our uh, election 2020 coverage on About Mansfield. We have a city council candidate in studio today. He is running for council place six. We welcome Philip DeGroat to the studio. Welcome. Good morning. Thank good, you, Steve. Good morning. We're going to find out all about you and why you're running for, uh, for city council. Now, place six is... Um, is totally wide open because the uh, the person who sits there now, I believe, is Terry Moore, and he That's correct. and he's running for mayor. So this it's a totally open seat, and so let's find out. Uh, let's start with the basic one. Why are you running for council? Sure. Um, a couple of years ago, I,
4: I took a pause from my professional career. I spent uh, almost 20 years in financial services, and uh, wanted to spend some more time in the community uh, with my kids, uh, doing stuff at their school, and, and just really spending more time with the family. And uh, and so I've been doing that for the last couple of years. I, uh, I'm a substitute teacher here in Mansfield ISD, and so I get to uh, I've I've gotten the part where I spend more time with my kids and, and the school. Um, but I wanted to find another way to give back to the community and and use my skills and some of the knowledge I've gained to um, to give back and to you know be a more active participant than than just just living here. So um, city council seemed like one way for me to do that and. Uh, And like you said, there was a a spot that was kind of open. And uh, so I thought, well, I'll I'll run and see what happens. (laughs) Three spots are open. Three
0: spots are open, yeah. (laughs) It's going to be quite a change. Uh, Usually, you know, no more than two spots open. But but because of the the special election and the mayor's race that uh, it's opening up place two, place six and place seven. And uh, you mentioned you're a substitute teacher. Thank you for your, your service. That you uh, I interviewed a school board candidate yesterday, and uh, we, we both agreed that substitute teachers need to make more money. And it's a tough job. I, I know that, that going into a, a classroom where the students don't know you, they... they they tend to take advantage of the situation.
4: Yeah, it, it is a tough job. Um, and and certainly kids, uh, you know, I can even remember when I was in school, you know, the days, oh, yay, we got a substitute. We can do, we can do, we can do what we want. You We're going to watch movies all day. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, but you know what, the kids in this district are great. They, they really are. Um, and uh, they're super smart and, uh, and they really know what they need to do. So, I don't. I don't think it's as hard as, as maybe some other districts, um, and and I think that's you know a credit to the to the district, um, and and the way they educate our, our kids and, uh, and to the parents you know that uh, you know that have raised good kids. So I enjoy it. I you know I find that those days when I substitute I get a little extra boost of energy because. Um, gosh, those middle schoolers have endless amounts of energy sure. and uh, and they pass some of it off to me. So I really enjoy being there with them. Is there
0: a subject that you like to teach more than any other?
4: No, it's, you know, as, as a substitute, you you don't really get too deep in any of the subjects. Generally, the plans that they leave you are, are, are pretty easy. Um, you know, just personally, I'm kind of a math person. I did a lot of math, um, you know, in undergraduate and my graduate degrees. So, uh, you know, I'm algebra is kind of my jam. <laughs> but uh, thus the the financial yeah, uh, career, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But I I also I substitute a lot for PE. Um, I enjoy that. I, I do Donna Shepard um, PE for the coaches over there, cool. and uh, and I find that that's a a good way to get my exercise since I got to skip the gym on the days when I. <laughs> when I substitute. So,
0: I can do PE and uh, play with kids. It's great. What experience do you have uh, that would make you a qualified council person?
4: Uh, sure. So, as I said before, I spent about 20 years uh, working for one of the largest banks in the world. Um, and uh, the majority of that time was in, uh, I'll call compliance and audit functions. Uh, it's not a purely financial uh, financial field. Uh, my, uh, my graduate degree is actually in information systems. So I uh, performed a lot of audits on technology, uh, which is a little bit different than what you think of a, a normal CPA type of audit of financials. So this is uh, looking at uh, you know, where we have rules and, and things in place to help technology. And, uh, and so throughout the, most of my career, it was in those compliance and, and audit fields. And I think being able to see the fine details, uh, being able to dig and dig and dig down to sort of the, the very basis of what makes up, whether it's a budget or whether it's a compliance plan or, or anything like that, just being able to dig down that deep and understand the underlying data, I think, is, uh, is something that will help me a great deal. And just general management experience, having dealt with teams, um, and specifically teams from around the world, one, one of the biggest... Uh, advantages that i had in in my career was the diversity and uh, and being able to deal with teams that were uh, you know in india or in brazil or or really anywhere around the world and uh, and bringing those teams together uh, different cultures you know different languages things like that so you
0: mentioned uh prior to the interview the, the, you served on a board in in Arlington that's uh, what other leadership roles have you uh, uh, have you held and and, and and feel free to talk about the uh, uh, the board that you served on
4: sure so so most of my uh, most of my leadership was you know in the corporate environment uh, through leading either directly managing teams uh, in a management role um, or, uh, or as a, a cross team, um, you know, with, with my peers that would be at the same level. Uh, outside of that, I have served on, a, on HOA boards, um, and, uh, and that's probably the, the, the biggest one from, a, you know, outside of my professional career um, that I've done. What are your favorite things to do around Mansfield? Oh, I like the park system in Mansfield, you know, the the, the way they're connected. Um, mm-hmm. so especially during these days which we don't get a lot of in spring that are, you know, mild and and not raining, um like to get out and walk around uh, and do a little bird watching um, and really just enjoy the enjoy the weather. Um, and, and in terms of here in Mansfield, that's probably the, the one that I do the most of. I also try to hit some of the little ponds and do a little fishing. I've go. um, got several little ones here, and again, in the park systems um, that uh,
0: are great for little uh, sunfish and catfish. What's the one major issue that you plan to address if elected to council? So I
4: think one of the biggest things for Mansfield is... Um, is the continued growth and uh, and making sure that uh, not only is it the right type of growth, but that we're balancing the needs uh, for continued growth, which you know increases our tax base and, and obviously is necessary for for the city to um, to get more income, um, but balancing that with you know the real challenges that growth brings, um, both in infrastructure. And uh, and and managing the business growth, um, you know, we certainly want the right types of businesses that offer the services that that our citizens, you know, want and need. Um, but we also have to look at, you know, how does that affect our ability to keep up with the infrastructure? Are we are we are we putting enough resources to to continue to uh, update and build out new infrastructure to support that growth? and 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 the types of growth
0: in the in the housing and uh, and the business the focus on new homes here in Mansfield seem to be in the uh, the minimum of $350,000 and and up uh, do you feel that there is a, a need for low income housing in in Mansfield so I, again i kind of go back to the
4: the, the balance um, needs you know i i think it's really more of a of a what is the density of the, of the housing? Um, as you said, there there has been a lot in the uh, in the higher end, um, and even some plans that I'm aware of, you know, for for higher end, but in a high density, so you know zero lots, um, you know, where we put a whole lot of them together, um, but even at a higher price. Um, and I think you got to be you got to be careful with that because it, there is a again a balancing act between having uh, the growth that brings in high density in terms of family numbers um, because that certainly increases things like traffic and and, and other infrastructure needs. Um, with with that uh, in mind, there does need to be some uh, some focus put on what are what are the numbers that we're bringing in um, in that density so um, i don't know
0: if that directly answers your question but it it does and well let's talk about density because everybody everybody's talking about apartments they either want them or they are vehemently opposed Mm. Uh, how do you feel about apartments and and their place in mansfield
4: yeah
0: and and i probably will sound like i'm on, on the
4: fence here um you know, apartments serve uh, a need, obviously, to communities. Um, there's a certain amount of, uh, and especially with the younger population who, who uh, you know, find it more desirable to rent um, than to own a home. And maybe because their capability at that time, uh, you know, just doesn't allow them. So, uh, I, I can't say that I'm vehemently opposed to to apartments because they are necessary. And I, and I haven't looked at the actual numbers for how many, you know, we currently Currently have, I know we've all seen, you know, the various units that have gone up uh, in the last couple of years. So I know that uh, we have increased it. Um, but I think it takes some research. And I think that's where I can, you know, bring something to the council in terms of, l- let's look at the raw data, let's break it down to, you know, its base components and see, because there are studies out there that kind of tell you, you know, what's the right level. You know what? What should a thriving city be at in terms of the the number of units that are out there? Right. And so let's take a look at that and say, hey, are, are we in the ballpark? You know, have we oversaturated it? Are we already at a point where you know we just don't need any more? Or are we under? You know what the what the studies say? You know, should we should we be putting up some more? And uh, and I think if we do that and we look at some of the studies that say here's here's how you know su- successful community would look. I think that's the best way to do it versus, you know, saying we either should or shouldn't because it's it's not that easy. You know, it can't be just one way or the other.
0: Apartments. Most recently, we're talking about the lofts uh, mm-hmm. over by the the post office. And, and so downtown seems to be a uh, it could be a focus in, in 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 apartments. So let's talk about downtown. Sure. Um compared to other cities around uh, the Metroplex in in that are similar in population how do you think our downtown is doing is uh, is it a is it a walkable downtown is it a place where people are meeting and is it a uh, is it a tourist attraction yeah I,
4: I think it could be um, I I think right now it's it's not as much as some of the others. If you look at some of the uh, some of the cities of Grapevine or, or or you know some of the other cities around here, um, and I think one of the biggest challenges for our downtown is the parking situation. Um, it, it's it's probably not as walkable as it could be, just because you know it's hard to go down and, and find a, a place to park your car and get out and, and wander around. Um, and so I think that's probably the biggest the biggest impediment. Um, It has been, um, I'll say, you know, modified and and updated with some of the new businesses that have gone in there. Um, And I'm I'm glad to see that. Um, But I think, again, that the main impediment is going to be the parking situation. And so, uh, again, without looking at specific plans and, and data, I don't know exactly what could be done there. But it's certainly something that the city should look at. And say, is there an opportunity for us to, to repurchase some land down there uh, and develop some parking, um, and you know try to try to infuse some more uh, excitement into the downtown, draw in some more businesses? Because I think it could very easily turn into a destination.
0: Let's talk about that word excitement. We as of this recording, we are just a couple of a couple of days away from the pickle parade, which is probably the only multi-day festival that that happens downtown. There are other parades and things like that. But uh, do you think that, that Mansfield could benefit from more large events to draw people downtown?
4: Oh, absolutely. I, I think, uh, you know, having participated in the Pickle Parade uh, before, um, I think it's a great way uh, to bring families together, um, you know, to have that, that real sense of community. Um, you know, I love seeing the little food trucks and and seeing the kids, you know, up and... and uh, and about and playing and uh, and I think it's a you know especially again this time of year in the great weather it, it's a perfect opportunity for families to get out um, you know to see what's going on in the community you know a lot of the local businesses are featured in the in the parade so it gives you a chance to see you know those businesses and um, and I, I think it's a, a beautiful way for for the community to come together so I'm all for more of that
0: even back in. October, it's been a few years, but there was also the Music and Arts Festival, which went on for several days. Uh, There is the Music Alley Festival, which the city puts on. And Mm -hmm. um, the more festivals, the more it brings people downtown, the more it creates, in your word, excitement. Absolutely. And, and, and yeah, and and I'm all for the arts. You know, I, I think that's one of the
4: areas where where we can always have more. Um, and uh, and it's something that I like to encourage my kids to do is uh, you know take part in more of the, of the music um, and and the fine arts and uh, and get exposure to it it's uh we also have the multicultural festival which is you know more of an MISD thing i think but right right happens um, at the uh, the center for the performing arts yeah my kids absolutely love that mainly because they get to try a bunch of free food um <laughs> from and, all over the world from all too. over the world yes. and uh, and i highly encourage that i'm i'm a i'm a super adventurous eater um i've i've you know luckily enough i've gotten to travel the world with with my job and uh, you know, from Russia to Japan to Singapore to, you know, the various places that I've been, um, you know, one of the highlights for me is, is the food and that's to, uh, you know, to sample everything that the world has to offer. And so I, uh, highly encourage my kids to, to try anything that, you know, looks like it wouldn't eat you. Oh. Uh, you know, <laughs> there are, there are some, uh, some weird things out there, but, um, but I, uh, I really enjoy that. So we, we always hit the multicultural festival.
0: That's cool. Uh, Hot topic, property tax. Property tax. Everybody's talking about relief, relief. Okay, Uh, do you have a plan?
4: Well, again, I need to look at the data. Just, I can tell you personally, as as a as a as a taxpayer, um, you know my thoughts on it, but. but it gets a whole lot deeper to that when you get into the city and, and the needs of the city, and you know how much we're bringing in versus how much is going out. Um, but I really, I think it comes back to, and I use the term a lot of balance um, between the, the the needs of the city and keeping up with infrastructure um, and uh, and allowing the, the businesses to come in and the homes to come in, which increase the tax tax base. Um, I think we need to look carefully at how much incentives we give out. You know, that's that's one of the areas that uh, that I personally would like to pay more attention to, because I hear stories about you know, well, we you know, we give this developer several million dollars in in free tax breaks, or or we we put in the streets and the sewers and whatnot for the developer, and you know, and that all comes out of out of money that the city needs for its various uh, uh, various infrastructure. Um, so I would like to pay more attention to that. Uh, certainly, we want to entice people, um, both businesses and developers. Um, you know, but in the in the way that this is going, you know, do we need to offer that much incentive to get somebody to come in? Um, we all know our community's great. We know developers want to be here. We know businesses want to be here. So it's a matter of, you know, do we need to do we need to give out as much incentives as we do? Um, And so, I think that will drive the tax question, because I think if we're really responsible with how we're spending our money, um, I think we find that we really don't need um, higher taxes. Uh, I think with the continued growth in the tax base uh, to keep up with inflation and, and higher costs, I think what we'll find is there's really no need to raise taxes. It's uh, it's really a matter of, and and I'm you know pretty uh, I, I call myself fiscal conservative because I think it's really about spending money the right way and in the right places and eliminating the waste and some of the areas where um, we just need to make
0: smarter decisions on that. Sitting on the council, you are, Your vote is is one seventh of Correct. of of the of the council. Do you play well with others? I do, <laughs> I do, I do play well with others. Uh, and
4: that's uh, that again will be something new to me as far as the council uh, and and voting and things like that. Um, but I definitely plan on you know, establishing those relationships with the other members. And, uh, and it will be a little different because we're going to have three. So, as, as you right. said before, it's, uh, it's really going to change the makeup. Of the council, from what it has been, and
0: without naming names, do you have any allies right now on the board? I do
4: not. No, no. as a, as a matter okay. of fact, I'm uh, just starting to, to introduce myself and to become familiar with uh, those that are already sitting, uh, as well as some of those that that are running for the new spots. So, um, yeah, I'm uh, I'm not, uh, I, I guess, political in that in that sense. Sure. In that uh, you know, I would uh, have people already lined up and and know. You know who I can rely on, and who who I might vote with, and that sort of thing. Um, I, I'm pretty independent, so I, I you know I will have my own mind, and and will uh, you know vote as I see fit. So. Sure. Do you have a presence on social media on the internet so that people can find you? Um, I don't. Uh, well, I say I don't. I have a Facebook page, um, and I have a LinkedIn page, uh, and the, and those are about it. Um, I guess I'm kind of on that. Uh, uh, weird cusp of, of generational gap where, you know, I didn't, uh, didn't use a lot of social media. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and although a lot of people my age have, have really embraced it and, and jumped on it. Um, I, I don't dislike it. I just have not, you know, had the need, uh, really to, to have a, a, a big presence and, uh, and to use it. So, um, but uh, but I'm uh, you know willing to do that for sure, uh, and and want to use any way that I can to talk to constituents.
0: So uh, if that, if that's the primary way, then that's what I'll do. Interesting question came up from a community member, and uh, if the city received a million dollar grant and you were the manager of the grant, what would you do with that million dollars? I you know I would say infrastructure infrastructure
4: again. It's um. I, I think what, what we found in communities, um, not just across Texas, but, but across the nation, is that um, the ones that have really uh, suffered the most have been ones that did not keep up with their infrastructure. Um, you know, and, and there's examples. We can talk about Austin. So we can talk about um, you know, some of the cities up in, in Collin County and the Planos and stuff. Um, with, with accelerated growth, and falling a little bit behind on on keeping up with the infrastructure, um, you know, and having bad traffic or having bad roads or you know some of those things that, that come along with that. So, I think you know you keep up with the infrastructure, you keep citizens happy, um, and you can avoid some of those pitfalls. So, I, I never see spending money on infrastructure as uh, as a, as a bad investment, I, I think it can
0: only be a good investment. So infrastructure, uh, taking the smaller roads and making them wider, like Broad Street or um, South Main Street, now is a is an infra- infrastructure sure. project that's been going on sure. forever. I,
4: I think that's probably the biggest chunk of it is is maintenance sure. um, and and new new roads. Um, but I think there's also you know um, uh, ways to other ways to monitor traffic. It's it's not just Excuse me, a wider road or a new road? Um, you know, it's it's strategic uh, strategic lights um, and uh, and monitoring traffic flow and uh, you know developing other ways to to move people um, and and a lot of that comes down to technology too. And so, one of the things that I'll be real interested in is to understand how the city of Mansfield is using new technology. And whether or not we're getting um, the things that we need to to help us with infrastructure, because a lot of it can be can be managed. It's, it's not just a matter of throwing dollars at, at roads. Um, certainly, that's important. And you know, I don't want to hit potholes and, and <laughs> any more any more than the next person. But uh, but so yeah, it, it's kind of all of those things, and uh, and just making sure that uh, that we're you know prepared for
0: the growth that we know we're going to have. It's a two-person race right now, and have you met your opponent? And, and what makes you different from from him?
4: I have not. No, I have not met him. Um, and and I don't honestly don't know a whole lot about. Um, and probably similar, you know, doesn't know a whole lot about me. Okay. So um, I, I can't really say, you know, which uh, which ways we may be similar or which ways we may be uh, may be different.
0: May second is the election. There can only be one winner. Correct. What's going to happen to Philip DeGroat if you don't win? Well, um, nothing
4: in particular is going to happen. So, you know, I'll continue uh, being up at the schools, being a substitute teacher. Um, You know, as I said, I've taken a pause professionally. So um, I'll I'll continue to to do what I'm doing Um, and probably, you know, find other ways to, to help serve the community. Um, and maybe that's through being on a committee, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and instead of being a, an actual council member, maybe it's uh, being on on a committee and and helping out that way and helping to learn uh, what's going on with the city uh, or in maybe, you know, in helping uh, again with the MISD, but maybe at uh, you know, committees with the school board or,
0: or doing something in that uh, in that vein. Philip DeGroat, that's Philip with one L. Correct. D-E-G-R-O-A-T. You can find him on Facebook. He is running for council, City Council Place 6. And uh, it's been great getting to know you. Great. Same here. Thank I, you. I really appreciate it. Appreciate you being on About Mansfield,
2: and good luck on May 2nd. All right. Thank you. We'll be right back. Hi, this is John with PoolAid, your local pool care specialist. With the exceptional amount of rain that we've experienced so far this year, spring is a vital time to clean pool filters, skim leaves and debris, and keep skimmers clean to ensure proper circulation as well as keep your pool sweep in good working condition. If you have any questions or concerns or need a certified professional to help keep your pool safe and clean, visit us on the internet at PoolAid.net. That's PoolAid.net. We're here for you.
3: COVID-19, better known as coronavirus, has spread throughout the world. Symptoms of this respiratory disease may include fever, cough, and shortness of breath. These symptoms may show up two to 14 days after exposure. If you are experiencing these symptoms and have come into contact or are in an area with an ongoing outbreak, please call a hotline and or consult with a physician. Clean and disinfect high-touch surfaces. For more information, please visit cdc.gov forward slash COVID-19.
0: We welcome all feedback about the program, whether it's about a specific news story or a feature that you heard. Feel free to chime in by email at comments at aboutmansfield.com or by voicemail at 817-435-2938. Again, that's 817 435 2938. We will read or playback some of the comments in a future episode.
1: Congratulations to Eric Peterson, who was the first person to email the correct answer to last week's trivia question Who is Ellis County named after? Eric knew that the answer was Richard Ellis, president of the convention that produced the Texas Declaration of Independence. Eric receives a $25 gift card to Mary Lou's coffee and sandwich shop.
0: Coming up after the break, this week's trivia question of the week. I'm Steve Casillo with Colleen Daniel. This is about Mansfield.
3: COVID-19, better known as coronavirus, has spread throughout the world. Symptoms of this respiratory disease may include fever, cough, and shortness of breath. These symptoms may show up two to 14 days after exposure. If you are experiencing these symptoms and have come into contact or are in an area with an ongoing outbreak, please call a hotline and or consult with a physician. Clean and disinfect high touch surfaces. For more information, please visit cdc.gov forward slash COVID-19.
0: It's time right now for the highly coveted, wildly popular trivia question of the week. The first person to email the correct answer to trivia at aboutmansfield.com will receive a $25 gift card to Mary Lou's Coffee and Sandwich Shop located at the corner of East Broad and Waxahachie Street in downtown historic Mansfield. They are open for takeout and curbside pickup every day except for Sunday. You can find them on the Internet at MaryLous.net. Let's get to this week's question. Colleen?
1: One of the longest highways in Texas is U.S. Highway 287, which runs 640 miles from Amarillo through Mansfield and ends in the Gulf Coast city of Beaumont. In 1940, the name of U.S. Highway 287 was changed from another name. This week's trivia question is, What was Highway 287 called prior to its name change in 1940? Email your answer to trivia at aboutmansfield.com. Again, what was Highway 287 called prior to its name change in 1940? Good luck. And thanks to Melissa and Kaylee at Mary Lou's for the gift card.
0: Coming up next week on About Mansfield, continuing coverage of the coronavirus and how it affects the lives of Mansfield residents. And we will talk in studio with mayoral candidate Michael Evans. The show will be released on Wednesday, April 22nd. Until then, don't forget to follow this podcast if you haven't already, so you will never miss an episode. It's free and it's easy. Just enter your email address on our website, aboutmansfield.com. send you any spam we promise thanks for listening for calling daniel i'm steve casillo and this is about mansfield